This week, Ghostbusters casting rumors. Shudder is having a ball with its upcoming TV show. Luke R.I. Perry and Blu-ray special editions abound. Sam shares his list of choices for films for now slaying, which probably don't feature any porn parodies this week, unfortunately. And we kick off with March's theme, Wicked Westerns, with our first film, Grim Prairie Tales. So come, join us by the fire as we share stories, keep warm, and hit the trail to terror in Podnito. Listen to them, children of the night. What music they make. <laughs> Well, yeehaw. <laughs> well, hi there. Howdy, partners. <laughs> Howdy. As always, I'm Palmer. I'm joined by my fellow compatriots, Alex and Sam. Well, a good day to you. Good day. Good, good day. evening. <laughs> my wagon broke. <laughs> <laughs> Someone kicked my horse. Oh, not the horse. That's punishable by the death. By the, by, the, by, by the death. By the death. <laughs> It's our first episode for March. The sun done set on February. And we're ready to spit shine our leather. Have ourselves a damn good hog killing time. So gather your spurs. Unlatch them horses. And let's stride into the wild, wild west together. <laughs> God, you make the worst cowboy. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this guy talking Don't about? Don't get all balled up now. <laughs> Just because we're having a good time. We're here ready to get horrific. With the content. We've got some choice cuts, some primo slices of God's good country, all lined up and ready to rustle. We're exploring the darker side of the Wild West this month. We've got a list of some truly terrifying flicks that pit man against the elements just as much as they do against themselves. But let's bilk, boast, and bully our ways through some of a simpler time. A time of violence. A time of evening redness in the West. Are we watching City Slickers? <laughs> Don't squat with your spurs on. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. How you guys doing? Don't dig for water under the outhouse. <laughs> that sounds like a personal lesson learned. Oh, yeah. Tell your dog that. <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't go in if you don't know the way out. That's just good advice in every situation, (laughs) I think. Just in general, really. Just in general. These are things a cowboy should not do. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. So, how are we? How are we this week, folks? I'm good. Is this a free cowboy song? It is. I'm exhausted from all the rustling I've done this week. All the rustling. Would you say that you've rustled your jimmies? Your jimmies are rustled, but sure. Okay. All right. Well. You can go with cattle too. Both cattle's jimmies. My cattle's jimmies. They're jimmies. Jimmy, jimmying your cattle's. Yeah. Cattle-ing I was wrestling my cattle's jimmies. I'd be a prospector if I was a cowboy. Would you? Yeah. What are you gonna do? Women, women weren't allowed in the old west. <laughs> Where we can be whores and barmaids, <laughs> <Yes>. right? <laughs> we'll get to That's that later. It. I have a whole commentary on James Earl Jones later on. The night. <laughs> I want to be a prospector. I don't blame you. 
And who, Plenty of women wanted gotta... to be prospecting back back in them days. Getting prospecting gold? for a husband. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Treat a woman like a racehorse and she'll never be a nag. What does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know horses nagged you. <laughs> I think <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know. All I do know is that the Western music stopped. But I didn't. <laughs> I just started looking at cowboy phrases and I am good to go. Uh, I thought they all started and ended with yeehaw. <laughs> I mean, I can put on another one. You thought you thought that was the only track I had ready to go? Please. Y'all don't know me. <laughs> Y'all don't know who I is. <laughs> when in doubt, let your horse do the thinking. Is that a... But they're like, that's just terrible advice. <laughs> they're not very smart. Who's they? Horses. All, All of them and cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that one depends on the cowboy itself. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's true. I bet there were probably plenty of horses smarter than their owners back in those days. <laughs> I'm sure there are still cow- <laughs> lots of horses that are smarter than their owners. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. I feel like we've exhausted our welcome to the West. Yeah. I feel like we're just getting started. <laughs> I'm going to keep this article of cowboyisms up, though, to just pepper throughout the episode. Perfect. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> you mean dad a girl? Dad a girl. <laughs> Let's jump into some horror headlines. All right. Got a whole bunch of stuff on the list this week. Whole bunch of stuff. Uh, first off, Star of It and Stranger Things, Finn Wolfhard is in talks to be a part of the new Ghostbusters film. Hmm. Carrie Coon as well. Carrie Coon as well. Carrie Coon as well, yeah. Uh, we're waiting for filming to begin this summer on uh, Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters, which continues the original franchise and may feature the original cast. It's pretty exciting. Uh, but Variety has reported that Finn Wolfhard is in talks. Um, as, like I said, it's Carrie Coon, uh, who was in Widows, in case you didn't know. Uh, Variety states that the studio would not comment on plot details, but sources say that the story will focus on a single mom and her family, with Coon playing the mom and Wolfhard playing her son. There's not much else to take away from this, but there is some speculation that since Carrie Coon's character is a single mother, that they might just be the family of the late Egon uh, Spengler. Been Wolfhard a bit young for that? Maybe. Like to, to be like his continuity wise? Right. Maybe he's an older dad. Maybe. You're right. The That is a thing. What is the thing? The kid in Chucky's like twice as twice the age of the old Chucky, so I mean I don't really think anything matters anymore. You're right. But that's a reimagining. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this this is a continuation. Are you trying to say old people can't have kids? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying at all. That I, is exactly what you're saying. <laughs> I did. Children it, is a young person's game. <laughs> I did really find it interesting, though, that the uh, comments in the bloody disgusting article really delved completely away from movie into just people debating if Finn Wolfhard was overplayed or not. <laughs> like if he was in too many things. I d- actually probably agree with that. How much is he in? Show? He's been in Stranger Things and it. And then that new—that's too many things. That's too many two things. things. Far then, too many things. And then the you just um, don't like any of the kids from 
Stranger Things? From Stranger Things. No. You hate I 11. Just don't, I, yeah, I just dislike 11. Well, apparently you think Finn Wolfhard's ever played no now, problem. too. I have no problem with He was Finn in the Wolfhard. music video of the... Um, He's new, in so new, much shit. The new Weezer music video. Yeah. So that's three He things. was in the cold open in, in and Weezer's f- take on me. <laughs> Carmen San Diego. You don't watch Carmen San Diego. You're right. Yeah, Wait, he's that's been a in- show? Yeah, they rebooted it. Jesus Christ. Yeah, reimagining. So- <laughs> <laughs> well, people seem to be very split between if, you know, he's in too many things or if he was in ninja sex party. Not enough things. <laughs> people are comparing him to Corey Feldman. Uh, you think he's going to burn out while he's young? I don't know. I no, say, Corey Feldman was it. legitimately in a ton of shit. Yeah, Corey Feldman and Corey Haim. Yeah, both, both of, them. of them. I don't feel like Finn no. Wolfhard's been in that much. No. Apparently he was uh, maybe it's because like all got the, a director credit. Maybe it's because of all the like press tours and shit they went on because of Stranger Things. Maybe that he was just like always on TV for a while. Yeah, on, like, I just talk shows. yeah, I just hope that the new Ghostbusters isn't like a bunch of kids running around. But that's Str- Stranger Things esque. I'm tired of watching kids go on adventures. I'm over it. I love kids with their adventures. 80s nostalgia with children on adventures. It makes me feel like a child on an adventure. (laughs) No, it makes me feel like I'm not doing anything with my life. You're not doing anything with your life. I I know I'm not, but I don't like to be reminded of it. I need to see kids having fun because there's there's just Michael Jackson documentaries that just (laughs) show me that kids didn't have fun back in the day. (laughs) No, no kids had fun when they were on Neverland That's why our parents told us to stay inside. And beat it! <laughs> and the buddy system, and to come home as soon as the sun set. And Stranger Danger. And Stranger Danger. Yeah, because Michael Jackson was roaming the streets. You never know. <laughs> he was moonwalking the streets. Blanket! <laughs> he was. He was moonwalking the streets. Moonwalking them streets. Uh, but time will tell. Could be a good way to connect all the pieces, though, in honor. Hailed Remus as well. This is why I'm just making all the <laughs> R.I. Perry jokes. All right. Just right there. Whatever. Because you just won't even respect Harold Remus. I respect Harold Remus. I respect Ghostbusters. I just don't care about this new one. <laughs> I think a lot of people said the same thing about the last one. I didn't too. care about that one either. <laughs> I like just saw it. Fair enough. Did you like it? It was fine. Exactly. It was, it was fine. I didn't think it was terrible. I didn't think it was amazing. I thought it was fi- I would give it 50%. Fine. It was a movie. It was a movie. <laughs> it was a movie. I like how I did find that one part really funny where they tried to go to the um to set up their shop like in the original where like warehouse where they had it and they're like, We can't afford this. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny, Alex. You're right. I L O L'd L'd O L'd. They didn't use acronyms like that in the old time, in the old west. The old time. It the old timey like, west. L-O-L. <laughs> oh, well, oh, well, oh, well. Oh, well. And Never then they named their child that. Yeah. I watched Tommy Lee Jones in, in No Country for Old Men recently. I know how I know they talk out there. Got a leaky mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that means he's a gossip. All right. <laughs> All right. Next up, Critters is back for the first time since 92. No one cares about Critters. I don't know. I'm pretty. I, I'm actually like pretty stoked for this. I think this will be fun. I, I like that they're upping the gore. I'm just on the critters train. There's a lot of critters coming out. There's a lot of critters coming out. Uh, considering most fans haven't seen anything from critters since '92, it's safe to say we're living in the golden age of its resurgence. We got the sci-fi moving coming, and it's just a movie, so they can't cancel. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
uh, I just want to see like the movies play on sci-fi and halfway through just like the whole channel to go down. I saw someone refer to sci-fi as (laughs) bye-bye for shows. That person is speaking my language. Uh, But that movie just wrapped filming and Shudder just offered up a trailer for an upcoming series. The trailer actually looked all right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think it's going to be like winning any awards, but it it looks like it'll be fun. I don't think anyone expects it to win any awards. That's true. That's true. Uh, Adam Friedlander and Armand Leo, producers of the sci-fi Tremors sequels, produced the new movie, uh, which looks to have been, well, I guess it's directed by Bobby Miller. Uh, there's also a rumor that D. Wallace, star of the original Critters, could be returning for the film, could. which seems to derive from her recently being in South Africa for a shoot. So. Maybe she was just there on vacation. Maybe. Who the fuck vacations in South Africa right now? That's my question. If you want to go on a safari. <laughs> Not in South Africa. People do. I guess. I guess. Isn't it kind of like a tumultuous time right there, right now? Aren't they like out of water and like no. everybody's getting shot yeah. up? Yeah, they are. I thought they were. I thought they were. I thought they kind of all banded together, and now they're not running oh, out maybe. of water. Maybe I don't anymore. know. My knowledge of global politics and global affairs is really underwhelming. <laughs> all I know is I looked up how much it costs to go on a safari, and it is expensive. Yeah, it's not cheap. That's why you got to be like a dentist or a doctor to go shoot an animal. No, no, safari is just where you go look at them. Yeah, and then you pay like a little bit more, and you get to shoot at them too. I think it's a lot more to shoot them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a lot. And that more. goes to wildlife conservation. That's true. It does. I hate it, but it does. It does. Legal and generally, they they the, whatever they shoot feeds an entire village for like three months. Yeah, when you do it legally and pay for it, then I think it's yeah because they bring out like the old dying ones and that don't really move and are easy to hit. Or the really, or the really mean it. ones, or the really mean ones. They're like. Killing, killing all, the, all the other ones. It <laughs> <laughs> was uh, kind of animals. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no news on a release date about the sci-fi movie, but I imagine we'll be seeing it before the year is up. But fans won't have to wait too long for the TV show. It premieres March 21st and will be available to stream in full exclusively on Shudder. Oh, yeah. On that Shudder, Shudder. On that Shudder shit. Uh, next up, Midsummer. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Midsomar? 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 Midsummer. Midsummer. Let's just. The new film by Aria. To negate our douchiness, let's just call it Midsummer. <laughs> Midsummer! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, new film by Ari Aster, director of Hereditary, released its first trailer, uh, described as a Scandinavian, Scandinavian, <laughs> Scandinavian. Uh, it's Omar. It's Omar. It's Scandinavian. Uh, folk horror film. The movie is ripe with colors. It's got plenty of flowers, scenery, yeah, plenty, what, plenty what of attention. I liked it. I mean, it seems to be hitting the same friggin' mm-hmm. A24 is just pumping out the same damn trailer every fucking three months now. What was the noise that they kept making? I have it on high authority because if you don't, every like two minutes, you end up getting thrown into the moaning room. I got kind of like a Wicker Man vibe from it, too. Oh, there was that one girl that looked like she ate the bees out of the fucking bee helmet from Wicker Man. I want to know more about her story. I don't think that she got stung by bees. I I didn't say she got stung by them. She's Quasimodo's cousin. Yeah, I think her face just looked like It looked like she ate them. I think... So I did notice that there was a lot of, like, especially on the the kind of graphics, there was lots of women 
And I do remember reading from like Midsummer what they actually do, that there's a lot about finding like a husband if you flower pillow or some shit. Maybe and those are the ones in the moaning room. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It seems to be like focusing on women. their microphones every five seconds. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It, it seems, it seems like it'll be fun. Uh, I, I didn't even realize that the description for this says "think hereditary meets the Wicker Man." Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Mm. I just put the connection with the bees. Mm. Mm. Uh, the delivery of the whole trailer is definitely in line with that of Hereditary, copying a lot of the cues, almost blow for blow, uh, bowing to the trends of horror modern or modern horror horror modern trailers. Um, which Hereditary's trailer essentially created, right? Like What's everybody's copying that now. <laughs> um, but there's lots of of warped music, sudden cuts, scenes of beautiful imagery that give way to extreme tension. Uh, one thing I noticed about the trailer is its particular focus on like first person perspective. There's lots of shots that are featuring like eyes opening, similar to that of like an Irish shot, but rather like than just the circle closing in. It's more of like eyelids actually opening up. oh i thought you said an irish shot oh no <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I don't i don't know that term um whiskey yeah right yeah. oh yeah <laughs> uh we get some that's glimpse. racist <laughs> no it's not it's it's like a week away from freaking saint patrick's day mm-hmm. uh, uh so we're not allowed to talk about it until next week <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um we got some glimpses of drug and some herbal use and what looks like the manipulation yeah. of minorities um huffing some smoke yeah um some you know grotesquely mutated humans general cult things yep yes. <laughs> uh it was an intriguing trailer to say the least and i'm sure we're gonna see a lot more of it as we get closer to the film's august 9th release date i liked the bright color palette as well. i feel like hereditary had a very color palette that stood out being somewhat different than regular horror movies Sweet. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. very colorful. You don't see a lot of horror movies with like flowers. And- You're right. It definitely captures the essence of Midsommar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, moving on. Blue Underground has a 4K restoration of Alex's favorite film, Fulci's New York Ripper, <laughs> coming to Blu-ray. Uh, it's one of my favorite sleazy giallos. Uh, it's coming courtesy of Blue Underground, and if it's anything like their recent Maniac release, I think it's fair to say collectors will be very happy. Uh, news of this comes from Blu-ray.com, and as of right now, details are scarce, but they're expected to be announced shortly. In the meantime, here's what we do know. It's a three-disc special edition, which means that it'll probably be Blu-ray, DVD, and CD combo, similar to Maniac's release. Uh, it features special cover artwork, and other than that, uh, we don't know much, but you can bet your ass we'll be covering it as more details are released. And it comes out in June. It does come out in June, right around my birthday, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, next up, Scream Factory is doing a 4K remaster of Joe Dante's original Piranha film. Uh, Scream Factory announced earlier this week that we are preparing for a 4K scan of the film from the original negative and have recorded a brand new audio commentary with executive producer Roger Corman. All bonus features from the prior Blu-ray release will be ported over as well. Um, It's jam-packed with a bunch of special features. Uh, Audio commentary with Joe Dante, the making of Piranha, which includes the interview with um, Roger Corman. Um, Behind-the-scenes footage, bloopers, outtakes, stills, galleries, uh, behind-the-scenes photo gallery, 
uh, additional scenes from the TV version, theatrical trailers, TV spots, radio spots, all sorts of shit for people who are huge fans of the film. But if that's not enough to entice you, there's a super special edition steelbook release limited to only 5,000 copies that features some really awesome cover art that I really, mm-hmm. really love. Uh, if that's not limited enough, you can order directly from Scream Factory and receive an even more limited lithograph print. Only 1,500 of these exist. You better Ooh. be fast. You better be fast. Um, here's the best news of all, though. It's coming to the U.S. and Canada. That's right. Because <laughs> it's, it's Scream Factory. Wee. Yeah. Yeah, but we don't get these very often, so I just want to say. Woo! Take that, England. Yeah, yeah, England. Suck it, nerds. <laughs> How do you like your Brexit now? <laughs> Damn. Uh, They're finally, just going to turn around and say terrible things about us. <laughs> yeah, whatever, dude. People say terrible things about us all the time. <laughs> it's so easy. <laughs> us in particular. Oh, yeah. Well, you guys. You're trying to say nobody says anything terrible about no, you? No one says anything terrible about me at all. <laughs> Not yet. But come midsummer. Come midsummer. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon. Uh, finally, we're ending on a on a dour note for Alex. Luke Perry has passed away. Um, came as a total shock to everybody when news appeared over the weekend that Luke Perry, star of Riverdale and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, suffered a massive stroke. But that shock only amplified when news of his passing surfaced on March fourth. Per TMZ, according to his rep, uh, Luke was surrounded by his children, Jack and Sophie, his fiance Wendy Madison Bauer, ex-wife Minnie Sharp. Mother Ann Bennett, stepfather Steve Bennett, brother Tom Perry, sister Amy Coder, and other close family and friends. Perry became a household name, of course, after his popularity on the hit show 90210, and will be seen in the upcoming Quentin Tarantino film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think that says a lot, too, when your ex-wife is there. Your... Yeah. 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 He was apparently a really nice guy. I'm not disputing that. I'm yep. sure he was. 95 acting credits. Episodes of Dino. Jesus Christ, was that really on that long? It's on, on for 10 years. And it only was 100 episodes, so it was like a 10, 10 episodes a year? <laughs> I don't know. I guess so. I'm not an expert on how many episodes. Yeah, I don't know, you seem to love Luke yeah, Perry so much. Well, I did not know this. And I do like. Oh, I'm sorry, 200 episodes. Two, oh, okay. I was going to say. That, is that better? <laughs> yeah, that's much better. Is that 20 episodes a yes. season? Yes. If it was on for 10 years. He was yes. only in 199 of Oh no! <laughs> so he was off one day. Did they kill him off? I don't, uh no. Oh. Uh, it would have been so prescient if he had a, a lot of people. Died it would have been so prescient if he had like a stroke in the 199th episode of that. So you know, I don't remember the final episode of. Guys, he was also in the Fifth Element. Was he in the Fifth Element? It was Billy? That's a bit part. He was still in it. I think he said, I think he had like four lines in that whole he movie. He had eight lines. Oh my Damn. God. He's a star. Alex bringing the facts. <laughs> Alex bringing the facts, dude. Dropping the fact bombs on Sam. I never watched Riverdale. But... I watched a few episodes in it. Was it I have good? a high school friend of mine that's in that show. Oh, well, does he have four lines? No, he's one of the main characters. No one gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Perry! <laughs> Luke Perry. <laughs> law and Order. Everybody's on Law and Order. Yeah, everybody and their mother was on Law and Order, dude. Absolutely. I've been in an episode of Law and Order. <laughs> nobody saw it. No one cares. You're right. You're right. Literally nobody watched your episode. You're right. The state of my life, apparently. 
literally no one cares about you. I actually haven't been in an episode of Law and Order. Please don't look it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not on your IMDb page. <laughs> no, wait, you don't have an IMDb page. I'll make one. Just to sp- I'll, put, I'll credit myself as being one of the episodes of Law and Order. There's so many to choose from. No, I don't even know if like you could just be like the guy who work who's like unloading or loading a truck that when the police ask him a question, he doesn't actually stop doing what he's doing. Yep. Even though normally like you would. So, so. the the cold open to every episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'll just find some big oaf with his back turned to the camera. And be like, yep, right there. That's, that's me. me. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go after this and watch all 1700 episodes of all of the law and orders to just find so which I can pick one, one looks out. like you. Are so you, you gonna... guys can be like, weren't you like four when that episode came out? Shut up. That's me. <laughs> so are you going to be on law and order or are you going to be on SVU? SVU. That's the superior show. It is. By far. I, I mean, I, I agree. Was was Luke Perry in SVU or regular Law and He Harder? was in SVU. All right. All right. That gives him a little bit more street cred then. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. SVU is the show that makes the episodes out of real life. Luke in order. Special victims unit. <laughs> <laughs> Stroken victims unit. What? <laughs> That's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> kind of true though you're right you're right all right sam yes you got some stuff for us on the oh, list oh i do i got three of the craziest movies that i can't wait to get my fucking hands and eyeballs on yeah i'm excited about one of these in particular yeah so let's dive into the now slaying This just in, Alex killed Luke Perry. <laughs> Sam, what do we have on the list? Oh, Fuck man. all of you guys. Seriously. <laughs> I'm not playing your game anymore. <laughs> Next time we're trying to memorialize someone that I think is stupid, I'm going to be such a fucking dick about <laughs> Dude, it. Dude, that's, that's what our listeners want. Good, I'm going to be such a fucking Come on, asshole. we all need to stop pretending to actually care about I people. I care! <laughs> we need to stop pretending about caring about people and just admit that we're just three hateful motherfuckers. No, I don't want me with you. <laughs> I thought, well, I'm not you. How dare you? <laughs> I don't want to be around you. You're such a bad liar. Uh, what do you got? What do you got on the list? All right, so Nobody cares about your stupid fucking movies. <laughs> I care about one of them. Okay. That's a lie. This week, they're great. So there's okay. only three of them this week. They're all VOD releases, and they came out on Tuesday the 5th. First up from August Heart Entertainment, starring the uh, ever-present Tom Arnold. Dead Ant, with Tom Arnold, Sean Astin, and Jake Busey, of all people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! I'm so excited for this movie. What's it called? Oh, Dead Ant? Dead Ant. When the 80s one-hit wonder glam metal band Sonic Grave embarks on a road trip to Coachella. needed to hear. (laughs) In hopes of a comeback, their peyote trip pit stop in Joshua Tree incites a grisly attack, and they must rock themselves out of harm's way. It's it's kind of like Party Bus to Hell meets Arachnophobia, and I'm so excited. I like that Sean Astin's in it. I like Tom Arnold. Oh. I love Tom Arnold. That dude's crazy as fuck and does so much coke. Uh, next up, Palmer's new favorite movie as he keeps diving into the... Uh, trying to admit that he... Or trying to say that he doesn't like powerful women. Uh, Among the Shadows from Momentum Films and VMI Worldwide, also on the 5th. Christy Wolf, played by Charlotte Beckett, is a Brussels private eye descended from werewolves who must go to work when her uncle Harry Goldstone is murdered in a politically motivated attack. Patricia Sherman, played by Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the wife of a European Federation president, Richard Sherman, 
hires Wolf to investigate Goldstone's killing as he was her husband's campaign manager. <laughs> Wolf finds bodies falling all over city and must use her innate instincts to unravel the case and stay alive long enough to unmask the conspiracy. Are you sure this one is not a porn parody? <laughs> this did not Fingers take place. Fingers crossed. <laughs> if this took place at Lindsay's reality show beach resort Beach thing, resort, yeah. Uh, I just then know, I would have believed it. I just want to know when she's going to be in a women in prison movie. Like, looks, when's it going to happen? It's, it's coming. just a matter of She time, looks really right? rough. It's coming. Um, and then finally, uh, from Octane Films and Street Entertainment, also on the fifth, Discarnate, a neuroscientist obsession with a drug that expands the human mind inadvertently unleashes a deadly supernatural force on his team. And judging by the trailer, it eats people to become people. There's people wearing masks? Yes, there was a creepy kid wearing a cat mask. Okay. So any movie with a creepy kid in a mask is always pretty good. Meow. But that's all we got. That's it. That's it this week. Damn. Free VOD thing. You don't have to leave your couch. Good. Just, I think all of these are available on Amazon and iTunes. So pick your poison, pay your five bucks, and enjoy yourself. Five dollars. Oh, only five dollars? That's a, that's a fortune in the old West. <laughs> 78% of Google users like Discarnate? How many Google users like Lindsay Lohan and Among the Shadows? Um, I can tell you. You just. I will look up Dead Ant. What? Dead Ant has no review. Oh, but it does no. have a fifty-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It, yeah, sorry, it doesn't have a a Google user review. Come on, Google oh, no. users, get on it. What's the one with Lindsay Lohan in it again? Among the Shadows. It looks like. If you take the the werewolf storyline from all the underworld movies, uh huh, and gave it like a true B movie plot, took out Kate Beckinsale, and, yeah, and <laughs> took out Kate Beckinsale, like this is the werewolf side of that franchise. Um, I'm, I'm into it. I'm waiting for the inevitable crossover. It only has 64 percent users like this movie, and Google users That's fucking like That's everything. Pretty <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen anything below 74. Oh, shit. No. That's pretty low. <laughs> So what you're telling me this is this is actually might be a bad movie, guys? <laughs> no, because they've liked some movies that have gotten really bad scores elsewhere. So this might actually be a good movie then. Mm-hmm. Judging by the trailer, I'm pretty no, sure. No, this it's is not, not a good. I can be a, safely guarantee this is not going to be a good movie. That's literally one of the stupidest things I've ever heard you 100% say. One hundred percent ready to put this on my top five films of the year. <laughs> Hey, there's werewolves and that, guns and explosions. That, that and, and that werewolves in prison movie. Boobies. Did you watch that? <laughs> Not yet. No, that's the first one. You need to watch. Did you watch the Dracula one? Dracula in prison. Oh, God. I got to watch it. You got to keep up with the story arc. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> keep it you have to know why Dracula's there. You're right. You're and then right. why Dracula. did he leave? Yeah. No, no. And I'll then where, why did the werewolves come? That's a good question. And did why he did ride they? out on a wagon? <laughs> All these questions and more will be answered by next week. I promise you, fans. Promise Did he have so. spurs on his boots? Don't Did he have a snake in his boot? Don't squat on your spurs. I'm just going to... We're moving on to the main event now. I'm, just, I'm cutting it here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to tonight's main event. Today I learned Alex is going to join a death metal band. She's going to be pretty successful from what I can tell. <laughs> that was Alex. <laughs> All right. This week we're covering our first 
Wicked Western. I don't know why it's hard to You're having a hard time with that, babe. Wicked Western. You did this because you didn't do your mouth warm-ups. Wicked (laughs) Western. If you guys could see his face right now, you would be terrified. (laughs) It's not cute. (laughs) This movie came out in 1990. Nobody's ever heard of it. Uh, <laughs> it is very hard to find stuff about this film. It is very hard to find this film. Period. It uh, was only ever released on VHS, mm-hmm. and uh, there were rumors that it may have existed on Laserdisc, but, but no it, one it, knows. It, it was probably ripped from VHS. Right. And for those of you listening that don't know what a Laserdisc is, think of it as a record that's made out of a CD. Yes, that's for a shittier version that was. 10 times more expensive than a VCR. Right. You're and right. then it was on DVD for a little while, but that's also just ripped copies right from <laughs> Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, the same terrible potato quality. <laughs> <laughs> the writer and director of this is Wayne Coe. Uh, the cast. Potato is a, number one. This is a cast. James Earl Jones as, as potato Morrison. number one. <laughs> as potato number one. Brad Dourif. As, as potato number two. As Farley. Will Hare as Lee Mark McClure as Tom. Michelle Joyner as Jenny. William Atherton. Arthur. Lisa Eichhorn as Maureen. Wendy J. Cook as Eva. Scott Paulin as Martin. And Jennifer Barlow as Sarah. Grim Prairie Tales is about as unusual an anthology as anthologies get. Not really so much horror as it is a western twilight zone of sorts. Uh, this film actually makes a lot of social commentary in ways rarely seen during this era of filmmaking. Uh, it's actually got quite a cult following as a result for being a feminist horror film, which is interesting. Um, the film is also marked as the only directorial outing of Wayne Co., who is primarily known for storyboarding and set direction. He's worked on stuff like The Core, Out of Africa, Seven, Island of Dr. Moreau, Back to the Future, and tons more. Well, he was also the, uh, like, didn't he do the cover art for a mm-hmm. bunch of... Yeah, like he did Back cover the art and, and uh, poster art and all sorts of stuff for, for a bunch of releases. Uh, this anthology drudges up five stories in total if you count the deeds of... Uh, if you count the story of Deeds and Morrison. Uh, each one featuring prominent commentaries that explore moral gray areas using a convincing Western backdrop. What's even more surprising is the fact that this film's message and overall tone is one that still speaks up to this day. Mm. It's true. I think this movie does a pretty good job of actually standing the test of time. I was it surprised. holds up, yeah. I was surprised. Uh, what I went into expecting to be a fun anthology film exploring horrors in the West turned out to be something much, much more. Uh, the film begins with and is arguably carried by the performances of James Earl Jones and Brad Dourif, who play Morrison and Farley, respectively. Uh, using this, using an excerpt from The Observer, an online magazine, I'll offer up the most accurate and succinct synopsis I've been able to find. City, clique, <laughs> city clerk Farley Deeds, <laughs> played by Brad Dourif, uh, who is making his way by horseback to Florida to see his wife and her ill mother, is joined at his prairie campfire by bounty hunter Morrison, James Earl Jones, who is transporting a scalped corpse on his horse. After his initial trepidation, Wayne's Farley engages in a sinister story swap session with his cantankerous visitor. Uh, The eerie narratives include a tale of a callous cowboy who disrespectfully passes through an Indian graveyard, which at this point everybody knows is a big no-no. You don't do that. It's a big no-no. Uh... A young traveler who seeks aid to aid a pregnant woman roaming the plains. 
a settler family whose patriarch harbors a dark secret and a gunslinger who takes part in a gruesome showdown that haunts him long afterwards. The fifth story, of course, is the Deeds Morrison Summit. So, with that as an introduction to the film, why don't we jump in to, uh, I don't know, just the way we meet Deeds, meet Deeds and Morrison. What are your guys' thoughts on these characters, on these, on these, on the acting prowess of two of, uh, <laughs> right. I don't know, some of the most prominent actors in horror Absolutely. and sci-fi at that point in time. I feel like their characters couldn't be completely, like, couldn't be any more different from each other, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> so you have this, like, city slicker guy who's kind of setting up shop in the, you know, in the middle of the night, and then... <laughs> it was really weird seeing Brad Dourif play a normal character. Yes. It really was. It was, and then James Earl Jones with that terrible wig on his head. That was amazing. You mean the amazing way? <laughs> it was so good. That yeah, was pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> well, see, the thing is, so like, but the, he rocked it. The so version it worked. But the version I was watching, it was so hard to actually make out his face half the time. Yeah. And I don't even think that had anything to do with like it being on YouTube. Like, I think I think that's just how it looked because I've read some other reviews for it, and they're all like the quality of like the lighting was just garbage yeah. in like, some places. The only because I'm pretty sure only everybody's only been able to find this YouTube this, yes. the, the only thing that I could like make out was when he would open his mouth and that crazy fucking laugh of his. And right. I was like, yes, James Earl Jones, I love you. But I think that the um, you know, the, their story, kind of the one that wove throughout the um, the movie was in my opinion the best part their candor towards each other and like how they played off one another was hilarious yeah i'd agree i think uh their introduction right the way they kind of like they're very standoffish right Mm -hmm. and so they both treat each other like the stereotypical like character types that they are right like morrison just thinks uh uh What's his name? God, what's Deeds. His? Deeds is just like a, a city boy. Right. Keeps calling him a city boy the yep. entirety of the time. And Deeds just thinks Morrison's this like washed up fucking like hick bounty hunter that's been too too far in the dirt yeah. of the desert for too long. I mean, he did show up with a dead guy on his horse. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so, I mean, I'd be like, Ooh. also, was he where was he coming from? You know, Morrison? Yeah. Because he, I do remember at one point in the movie, he was like, if you're ever in Seattle, but there's no way that he was going all the way from Seattle to Jacksonville, Florida. Well, he was on his, he was trying to go to Montana at a certain point. He Morrison. said, he, I think he Morrison. said he was like getting ready oh, to Morrison. go. Oh, yeah. Morrison. Sorry, I'm Morrison. talking about deeds. Oh. He's going to, yeah, he's going to Florida. From where though? Which even oh, in the 1800s, the North, going to Jacksonville still sounds like a fucking terrible idea. <laughs> Just, I was going to say, because he was supposed to be there in a week and I was like, I don't He's just trying to see Limp Biscuit, dude. He's like, I gotta ride a hundred miles a day to get He's there. He's a redneck fucker from so Jacksonville. <laughs> uh, why can't they play around your birthday? I'd I'd be happy to go see them. I mean, they might. Maybe, maybe gotta, next year. Just, maybe next year won't be corn. Maybe it'll be a little biscuit next and Allison Chains. Okay, <laughs> with corn. <laughs> All right. So he said at a certain point that he would have needed to ride a hundred miles a day to get there in four days. Who's mm-hmm. he? Deeds. Deeds. Okay. Yeah. So, what the f- like? Where are they? That he's four hundred miles away from Jacksonville. Probably Georgia. Come from Chicago. Maybe North Carolina. Because Jacksonville's right at the the north, one of the northern points of Florida. So, so according to this, mm-hmm. which is the time and date website that does distances and everything, uh, Winston Salem is four hundred and six miles away from Jacksonville. Knoxville is four hundred and nine miles away. 
Raleigh, Tennessee. Yeah, I could see that. Or Huntsville, Alabama is 418 miles away. Yeah. So. So he'd already been traveling for three days. Something like that. Something like that. So he was on the the home stretch. Halfway there. I guess so. Uh. (laughs) He just wanted to ride through the night. Maybe, maybe, maybe they should just ride through the night. Take a little nappy. Well, he was like, I James Earl Jones wanted to hang out. Yeah, yeah dude. No, James Earl Jones wanted to do a lot more than hang out. They became besties. They did become besties. James Earl Jones wanted to go to Akalaki, Montana, and oh. go check out some sin palaces. Yeah. Is that what he the, said? The, the, sin yeah, the, he, knew, he knew the two best sin palaces in Akalaki, Montana, yeah. because all James Earl Jones wants to do is get drunk, gamble, and bang hookers. Until he met. I'm sorry, hooers. Hooers. Hooers, Dennis. Until, <laughs> until he met Deeds. Then he just wanted to go to. No, he wanted Deeds to come with him. But then he didn't. Then, then he, he went didn't. with him. He couldn't let Deeds have the last story. I couldn't let Deeds have the so last story. So was there any point in the movie where you thought that maybe Morrison was going to kill Deeds? <laughs> Did anyone get that vibe? I think at the beginning. Yeah. Before once, Deeds pointed out all of his guns. Yeah. Because yeah. all of a sudden that whole, like, their whole, once they called each other out for their fucking arms. Right. They literally have this, like, borderline arms race. Yeah, well, I have this. Yeah, yeah. well, I have this. Uh, and then, yeah, after that. After that point, I think things dissolved right because mm-hmm. immediately as soon as as soon as he realizes the city boy is not going to take his bullshit mm. like it goes it goes from tension to all right let's tell some to tales. camaraderie well, that was the one thing they had in common right yeah that's true they both enjoyed telling these bizarre fucking stories <laughs> to each like, other yeah <laughs> and there's only enough room on the back of that horse for one dead body anyway and he says he wasn't going to last yeah, the that's whole true. time that's true you're, you're not going to last anyways you're not going to last eight days <laughs> just kicked him off yeah uh but let's jump into the first story okay first story told uh, by morrison told, yes so morrison kicks things off here well there's only one story ter- told yeah by, so he uh, tells the Farley. first two and then it's Right. So the first story is kind of like what I expected the majority of this movie to be like. When the first yes. story hit, I was expecting the rest of the movie to be kind of in suit. the same vein. Uh, so we get we get uh, basically what a, a, a cocky, for lack of a better word, uh, an old, old grumpy cowboy. Yeah. cowboy, yeah, who just who knows where he is. He knows he's on this sacred Indian land, but he yes. doesn't give a shit. No. He doesn't give a shit. He's like, nope, it's the short it's the shortest way. Yeah. Make it. We'll make it. And you know what? I feel like in horror films as a general theme, right? You take the <laughs> shortcut. Don't die. You're gonna die. Yeah. It happens in every in every horror movie. Every horror movie. The word cut is in it for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> he better skedaddle if he's gonna get soaked with a soft soldier. Yep. Yep. Uh so it's interesting, right? <laughs> he, he, he Jesus Christ. He uh he runs into an old Indian man. Right. Who at first glance seems like he's dead. Right. And then he kind of starts harassing him. Like, yeah. why would you lie down? Yeah. He's raising sand. He, he is raising sand. I feel like the, the, the old, cause the cowboy's quite old. And I think seeing that old, um, you know, that other old man kind of laying down there to die, probably you know, him. Yeah. Yeah. He saw a little bit of himself in that man. Maybe. Like, don't just lie down and die. Yeah. Um, and so he gets close to him once he realizes that he's still alive because he starts he starts kind of like sputtering and moaning. <gasps> yeah. And so <gasps> so he gets close to him and gets close to him because 
Yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of like beckons him closer, right? <gasps> the the dying uh, Indian guy. And uh, he leans in, leans in, leans in, and then all of a sudden he just, Mike Tyson's him, yep. <laughs> just rips that ear, just bites that a chunk of his ear right off, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, at first the, the old crotchety cowboy's all mad about it. Well, what the hell did you do that for? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're just telling, you're just telling me. You're just telling me not to sass you. Yeah, you got some uh, got some spunk left in you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to go and do that, but, but okay, you're just, you're just telling me you're just telling me you didn't want to take my shit. And so he gets the bite. He gets the bite and uh, puts on his bonnet that we kind of see like a resurgence of later. Yeah, where did he film. get that bonnet from? I think it was supposed to just be like a like gauze, but it just looked like a bonnet. <laughs> looks, I don't know. It absolutely looked like it was <laughs> supposed to be a bonnet. <laughs> <laughs> Wraps it around the wound in his ear. And he doesn't even tie it that tight. Like, no, no. And uh, a terrible first aid job. Yeah. So he he, he we kind of what he leaves the scene and and he's stranded in the desert for quite some time and you see him drinking and he goes through the stereotypical like getting more and more thirsty hotter and hotter but there's these drums these drums that are just like <laughs> pervasive throughout the entirety of his duration out there he looks behind him he's like don't they ever stop drumming <laughs> <laughs> no man no 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 not at all uh and so we kind of follow his his uh, slow and pitiful, for lack of a better word, because it really is kind of pitiful yeah. towards the end of there. Uh, demise. Well, does he take a nap or something? Yeah, he takes like a nap in like the twilight. Kind of drunk, right? He does some other stuff. This one was like it turned out for me like I, I the hype for this story got me all there. I was like, ooh, Indian burial ground. <laughs> yeah. this, this one ended up being the, one of the more lackluster stories for me. Yeah, uh, through this through this one. And uh, what? God, I can't even remember. So what he like kind of took a nap, right? And then you all of a sudden the the drumming, the banging, and then all of a sudden you see like a bunch of First Nations people are like making a grave over him. Yep. And then they cover he's, it like, up with like some out, right? yeah. and then he's buried alive. Yeah. And there's kids playing around it, yeah. laughing, and he's just like, Rah! yeah. And it just kind of ends. And I think it's yeah. funny, like the way the the story just ends, because there's no real like like sense of like resolve or anything to it whatsoever you just are supposed to assume that he died in there with his bonnet yeah yeah right and and it's funny because like brad duraf does like a good job his character like immediately responds with the whole like like what what yeah <laughs> he kind of voices like what i guess the viewer is thinking yeah. or at least what i was thinking right he's mm-hmm. like why would you say he was an old man and like he started asking him all these questions yeah like what's the point of the story why is he an old man why did you have him get buried by like the young and he's trying mm-hmm. to make more and more out of this mm-hmm. right and uh because it's a stupid story <laughs> Yeah, uh, not a curl, not according to James Earl Jones. Well, you know that's kind of what he says, right? He's like a story is a story. Like it is the way I told it. Yeah. That's, that's how it is. Uh, this and, was also, I think, the worst shot. It was so dark. Yeah, through the majority of the film, you really couldn't see what was going on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, it does pick up after this, which it I does. was happy happy about. Yeah, I was kind of a little worried at that point that this movie was going to be. <laughs> yeah uh so this is kind of like the weak link in my opinion of all the stories that were that were here um and i think it like like i said the movie does a good job of kind of like pointing out the way the viewer feels about it so i think like maybe when when wayne co was writing this he was like maybe this is the weak one we're kind of like i'll voice it in the film and keep them going throughout the rest of it 
It's uh, so meta. It is. It is <laughs> so kind of, self-aware. It is kind of meta when you think about it. Uh, so the second story um, is... Oh, so, yeah, the pregnant woman. Pregnant now, this woman. one was a mind fuck, right? Yeah. I loved this one. <laughs> Did you? This was my favorite of the four. Uh-huh. So this is basically kind of like a white knight story, right? So this man just is... On his way to go see his wife. Yep. He's in the desert. Uh, and and he stumbles across this woman who's all alone, wandering by herself. Like nine months pregnant. Yeah. And just, like, very clearly pregnant, very clearly, like, in... Well, I, I guess not... She need. She looks like she might need help, right? Like, I guess if you're just like a nice person, then right. And you'd he asked give her, her help, and right? she says she was all right. Well, she also got spooked because he rides up on her, and she's like, "Oh God, no!" Ah! I know. I'm surprised it took her that long to hear him. He was kind right. of trolloping behind her for quite a minute. I don't know if trolloping is is the right word. <laughs> trolloping is not the right Ga- word. Galloping is. What I was trolloping is like hooking. Yeah. <laughs> It's I was expecting you to have trollop. some sort of like Western lingo for that. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? It's, it's hotter than a nickel on a on a. On a oh, I don't even know. Anyways, an uh, angry bull's teat. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, but he stops. He stops and he tries to give her some help. Right, and uh, he's like, you know, you can come with me. I'll take care of you. We'll figure things out for you. And he starts off kind of like the good Samaritan, right? Like he tries to give her a blanket in the middle of the night while they're while they're by the campfire. Well, before he's they just, even set up camp, though, he's following her for a while. I thought she was following him. Was she? Yeah, because he kept it, yeah, slowing down was... and she was like, I'm fine. Uh, OK. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was her following. But him. I, and then but they kind of both decided together that they were going to stop just up yonder at the flat part. Yeah. Over there in the prairie. <laughs> the whole thing is the prairie. <laughs> uh, so they set up camp for the night and it starts to get cold. So he tries to give her a, a, one of the one of his blankets. He's he's playing the white knight card yeah. a little bit too she, hard. She offered, I think. Yeah, he offered her his coat and she told him. Yeah. Uh, and so they, ma- they make uh, like a small meal and kind of have some banter and they're getting ready to go to sleep. And all of a sudden, like. It kind of like she does like a full 180 of like stopping, like not wanting the advances to like all of a sudden she's like, no, yes, no, yes, no. And then her she makes this weird gurgling noise with her stomach. And then all of a sudden yeah, she's, she's like, not, I lied to you. I'm she's not, not pregnant. pregnant anymore. She was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then she just wasn't pregnant. Yep, <laughs> whatever was in her belly just kind of disappears. And uh, she looks at him. She's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <Chipotle>. Absolutely. <laughs> um. And she looks at him. She's like, I'm sorry I lied to you. You know, some people are it's 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 hard for me to kind of be alone. I've lived this life for as long as I have been this way for quite some time. It's easier for me to lie and say that I'm pregnant and people tend to leave me alone or they 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 feel bad for me. But you're not like the rest. And she kept calling him Tommy or something. It's like, oh, Tommy, 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 (laughs) Tommy, Uh and uh, so she she's she kind of starts reaching for him. Like I said, she has this weird like dynamic within herself. It's like she she makes the advances, makes it seem like she wants him. But then she's like, no, don't do it. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. But she also anyways. has her hand on his dick. Yeah. So she's like <laughs> unbuckling his belt. But she's like, don't do it. Don't do it. 
<laughs> Maybe it's like an inner monologue with her. She's like, oh, he's such a good guy. I don't want to do this to him. No, I think she's just a succubus. Yeah. <laughs> so, of she's, course, she's going to trollop him. Of he's course, she's him. in the middle of trolloping. Of course, Tommy <laughs> is uh, thinking with the wrong head. Even though he's married. He's married. He's really thinking with the wrong head here. Mm. And he uh, gets on top for some of the old missionary. <laughs> <laughs> missionary in the sand yeah baby <laughs> was it called missionary in the 1800s or was it just called sex oh i'm pretty sure it's like been in like because i know in virginia it was like the only legal position for such a long time it was and been if in I the know, law books as missionary for a while and if virginia. i know anything about virginians is they always stick to the law they always stick to the law especially when it comes to lights out sex. and anal <laughs> uh so he gets on top of her for some old missionary. For and- making a mash. <laughs> <laughs> like a thoroughbred. Jesus. Uh, and just as he's reaching his climax, you hear him go, oh, he's losing his mind. He's losing his mind. And he starts screaming a little too loud. Yeah. It doesn't seem pleasurable and at the some zoom- Yeah. The camera zooms in on his face and you realize that there's a look of shock. Look a surprise. <gasps> and I did think that it was funny that IMDB tagged this moment with vagina dentata. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then and- she gives him the mitten. According <laughs> to this. Is that cowboy speak? Yeah. Give him the mitten. <laughs> to, to get the mitten. <laughs> Sally gave him the mitten. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sally, why you got to give him the mitten? And so she swallows him through yeah, her... Yeah, with, with her with her JJ. And she's her pregnant uter- again. Yeah, she swallows him through her vagina into her uterus, and now she is once again pregnant. Curiously she leaves me... She goes back to wandering the sands. Curiously Dang. leaves me bamboozled as to figuring out how she eats Chipotle. <laughs> there enough room for both. Full-grown man and a burrito? She just wanted the burrito's some- actually for the full-grown man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She wanted some Tommy Koa with some <laughs> extra sour cream. <laughs> and I'm not eating Chipotle soon. So gross. And that wraps up that story. And and it's interesting because there's a dynamic between uh uh Morrison and, Morrison and, and, Deeds. and Yeah, Deeds and they Deeds acts like he's repulsed by right. this, right? Even though he's like he loves it, been aroused by this story. There's like a he's he's like ashamed of himself, right? He liked this story a little. Too he's much. trying to scream his boner down. Yeah, right. exactly. He's like that was disgusting. But Morrison isn't buying it. No, he's like Morrison's y'all city fucking laughing. bitches always say that. Yeah, y'all are the same. You love you want me to tell a story with some shock value. Once we get to the shock value, you immediately dismiss like, it. Right, clutching your pearls. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and so that's kind of like the the monologue or not monologue, but the the banter between the two of them and before the third story. I know, and then there's the coffee. (laughs) This is hilarious. I don't. I don't want any coffee. coffee. (laughs) He's like, it's not ready. (laughs) I'm coming some coffee. They're, I think they were just the two most adorable people. They were like grumpy old men. <laughs> they were. They were so cute. <laughs> Do you want some coffee? I don't want any coffee. I don't want any coffee. Go, okay, give me some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> me and Sam at and like they, 70. Yeah. <laughs> well, then they ended up drinking a lot of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, with that, they lead into the third story. This one uh, is also... this. Because the, the fourth one's to, no, this is no, this, this is, is the one that's told by um, this is Farley's story. Yeah, this Farley. is the one told by Farley. So uh, this one's one of the more interesting stories because I know, n- it's it's the only one that's not rooted in anything supernatural. Supernatural, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's it's grounded in reality and explores some of the dark sides of humanity in general. 
and I actually found this to be one of the more chilling stories just kind of in general for this movie. And of uh, course, it's fucking William Atherton. Who's yeah. that? <laughs> who that? He was the dad. But who, what is he? Oh, Wal- oh Walter Peck himself. Yeah. Old Dickless Walter Old Peck. Dickless Peck. Uh, uh, he was also the, uh, so he's like typecast as just a piece <laughs> of shit. Yep. To the point where I don't know if it's just he's typecast or if that's just who he, he is. Actually is if like he's that. just like a different version of James Woods. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> But yeah, he's dickless in Ghostbusters. He's a piece of shit professor in Real Genius. Mm-hmm. He's the piece of shit reporter in Die Hard. Mm-hmm. He's the piece of shit psycho eco terrorist in Biodome. Yeah. Oh, he is. You're right. Yeah. Same guy. Oh my god. In every movie. <laughs> I love Biodome. Yep. <laughs> Free body. <laughs> Free body. body. <laughs> so good. Took my mom to see that movie. She left halfway through it. Your mom's like, "This is the fucking theater. garbage." Left me in the theater. She's like, "I don't even like. How can you watch this?" She gave me that look of disappointment. Oh. She didn't even give me that when I took dragged her to see Jackass. She gave me that look when I dragged her to see Biodome. <laughs> I don't blame her. No, I love that movie. Though. That was a great. <laughs> yeah, I had like, a lot of fun with the movie. You no, know, like a, you were just trying to prime. think globally. Yeah, that's she all. just wanted to think locally. Yeah. Globally. Yeah. Uh, so yes, as Mal as Malix, as Alex mentioned, uh, it does Malix. feature feature William Atherton uh, and. Uh, He's got a daughter. He play well. He plays a father of a family, right? They're looking to start fresh. They've got this opportunity to build their lives literally from scratch in the old west after uh, the Civil War. Yep, after the Civil War, they find their little plot of land, right? And they're like, "This is where we're going to start our home. This is where our family's going to go." Right? Kind of like the South, but it's in the North. Yeah, sorta, <laughs> kinda. They're kinda. like, it's just like home, but not, but not. We but- got our wagon. <laughs> yeah, that wagon was dope. That was their fucking dining room set was like dope as fuck. That's that shit probably cost a lot of money. They set up, put flowers on the table and everything for their mm-hmm. first like dining table in the middle of the. They field. know how to camp. Yeah, they do. They that's that's glamping. That's you know glamping. what he doesn't know how to do? <laughs> What's that? Dishes. You're right. He just left. He did just leave. He had other things. Where did he on. go? He Palmer. To go, he had to go <laughs> hang out with his friends. Oh, no. <laughs> mm, no. All right. So, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> he had a daughter named Ava. Uh, Eva. Who's played by Wendy J. Cook, who uh, went on to be in Can- or not Cancun, Cocoon, <laughs> and 976 Evil. Cancun. She was also in The Wonder Years. Oh, my God. I love The Wonder Years. Uh, and he had a wife named Maureen. Uh, so they seem to be this happy family, right? They're discovering their new plot of land, uh, and then they're exciting about they're excited about the prospects of this homestead. And then all of a sudden, at night after dinner, this group of riders approach in the night, and uh, they mention they've got some business to attend to. Their horses need new shoes, and they 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 say they need Arthur's help. And uh, considering the reaction of Maureen, which is disheveled, pissed, disheveled to say the least. Uh, we kind of, as an audience, know that there's something more at stake than just business here. Ava uh, awakens in the middle of the night and wanders away from the camp. Not too far away from the camp, mind you. No, it was like super close. Yeah, right. Uh, to discover that her father has become a part of a lynch mob that's taking pleasure in hanging a family of people. Uh, unfortunately, due to the video quality, we can't say for sure whether or not they were black or, na- or like Native American. We can pretty much say for sure they were black or Native American. Oh, well, yeah, one of the two, but not which. I just think uh, it's kind of like what you assume, right? But they also like made the point of saying that they were like badly burned and like all this other stuff throughout the thing. So 
I, I think it's kind of assumed, but you don't actually know. 100%. I feel like they were probably black just because they were making such a big deal about yeah. talking about the Civil War. Yeah. Um, and director's interviews, I was hoping to get some insight on that scene, right. but he doesn't comment on that at he all. He doesn't. Um, but uh, Ava screams after seeing her father do it. Well, it, it's not just the fact that they're hanging there, right? It's the fact that she witnesses her father like literally giving them a fucking spanking as yeah, their fucking burned, them. charred bodies are like... Like, and, and smiling and taking pleasure in what's going on, right? So she screams and runs away. And Arthur tries to keep uh, Eva under control, but she, but he's unsuccessful. And Maureen seizes control of the situation with a shotgun blast into the night sky. The next scene involves an intimate conversation between mother and daughter that explains the reasoning that Maureen has willingly stayed with somebody that she knows is a killer. Right, and who's done this multiple times has. before. Yeah, uh, and so it turns out that Maureen was pregnant with Ava before she married Arthur, but he married her anyways when most men would have turned their backs on her and has loved her ever since. So that's kind of how she... As long as she's out of his, his way. way. Yeah. Yeah, well, because he threw her down on the ground yeah. when she tried to get him to stop. Yep. But that's, that's, I guess William that's how she, him. like, rationalizes it, right? Like, mm-hmm. without... <laughs> Well, and she says that she tries. She's you know, she knows that he's not evil like all those other men. And Even though she, he very clearly he is. clearly is. She's just <laughs> she's completely delusional. But her, she makes it like her mission to try and get him to stop. Right. He, he doesn't listen to what she says. So do you guys do you guys think that this was the revealing mo- moment for Eva? Do you think that she, up until this point she thought he was her dad, like her legitimate father? Because I couldn't really tell from that scene. Like she just drops the bomb, right? And to us as an audience, it's a bomb because we don't know. But Eva doesn't really react. Oh to wait, it. so she was what? What? Huh? That's Eva. Eva isn't his daughter. Oh, I thought that they just she just got pregnant and then he married no, her. Anyways, she uh, she was pregnant from somebody else. That's not her dad. Yeah, that's not her dad at all. And so she Eva doesn't really react to that that bit of information. I she have just, to make her understand. She's more, yeah. uh, she, and I think I think part of it had to do with the fact that she's very clearly upset about what she just witnessed, and she's trying to figure out why the fuck her mom is still with him. That's a lot of shock to take in at one right. point in time. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. I just didn't understand the last part. Uh, well, yeah, because because so she wakes up the next morning. Her dad's chopping some wood, and she says he he says he needs to go to town, and uh, he's getting his wagon all ready to go, and he goes goes to the get, get, he's riding down the path, the trail. She He's finds her trail. Bo- she finds her bonnet. The terror. <laughs> she gets out to go get her bonnet. Well, no, she she hops in the thing, right? Yeah, she's and in then the she gets out and grabs her bonnet, goes back to the to the to the wagon, and she gives him a hug and says, "I love you, Dad." Yeah. And so it's kind of like her accepting it too. Like mother, like daughter. I guess so. Maybe they're but, but that's or, not her dad. It is now. Oh, it is now. Yeah, she's <laughs> accepting that fact, right? Like so, they're both just accepting him for who he is. I guess so. You take the good with the bad, Alex. Not that you don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I. I straight kick that guy out of my house. Although this is a different. But then time. he would lynch you. It's a simpler time. <laughs> what is this woman supposed to do without her husband? Her vagina can't eat people. Yeah. So you're saying that unless unless that the continuity of. is there and she is the woman wandering the desert, <laughs> and that daughter is just all of the people she's consumed. <laughs> I'm sure there were women in the Wild West who took care of themselves. Yeah, yes. one of them Hooers. had a tattooed they chin. Were a- yeah, she was like a... Uh, what's her name? What's her name? Everybody knows who she is. Tattooed chin girl from that show. I don't know what Paul chin is talking girl. about, but what I can... What are you talking about? West. I can clearly say that the women that take care of themselves are all the hooers that James Earl Jones What about visited. the saloon owner? James Earl Jones visited her, too. You never heard of Olive Oatman? Olive Oatman? I don't even 
You serious? That's a chin tattoo woman? Yeah, it's a chin tattoo woman. Popeye's girlfriend? Oh. She's from, uh, well, uh, she's obviously from real life, but but she was in that show Hell on Wheels. <laughs> I love that show because this train will go west, god damn it. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but yeah, that's what happens. If you don't have a husband with your baby, then you get chin tattoos and you become all of them. <laughs> sound real misogynistic right now. Dude, no. it's the time! No. There were women who took care of themselves. Yes, and James Earl Jones was a great patron. You're real sassy today. <laughs> I have a whole retcon of James Earl Jones because of this movie where he ends up looking like Darth Vader because of a really bad, uncured case of syphilis. Okay. I could see it. I could see it. So it's like from it's one of these like a, sin a palaces, ste- a steampunk fucking Darth Vader from the. the wild, he just wild goes West. to one of these sin palaces and he comes down with a terrible case of syphilis that makes him look like a crusty piece of shit that's missing limbs because they fell off. Alex is over here desperately googling stuff to to get us to shut up. Oh about. no, I'm ignoring y'all. <laughs> I'm just reading about wild women of the West. Um, were they friends with James Earl Jones? Probably. But that's where this story ends. Yes. That is where that story ends. Yeah. And it's just the, the, the hugging, hugging your killer daddy. I love you, Dad. Well, she didn't want to get lynched. Yeah, I guess that's probably true. One way to avoid getting lynched, right? Yeah. Uh, next up, the fourth story. The final story that's being told by these two. That James Earl Jones has to pick from like his memory bank of a thousand stories. Right. And so at this point, like he's so impressed with Brad Dourif's story mm. that he has to shoot a gun at a cactus like 15 <laughs> times uh, and then inhale the gun smoke from yeah. the barrel. You got to get in the right frame of mind. Man. Take a swing of something that immediately makes him start bleeding from the mouth. Yep. And then what else does he do? Spits a bunch. Yeah, spits a whole bunch, puts more, puts more chewing mouth, tobacco yeah. into his mouth and gets himself all prepped. And then starts digging through his brain. He's yep. like, "All right, I got this. This and final then, story is going to pop his, everything else. Adjust his wig a yeah. little bit. <laughs> just attack, just attack. Just it, there's this Key and Peele sketch. And I can't remember which one it is specifically, but Jordan Peele has this like exact same wig on that's like black. <laughs> it looks just like a mop. And I got a total. <laughs> that totally reminded me of that wig. All right. Uh, and so this final story was actually like I don't know. This was. Kind of went along the lines of what I more along what I expected. I think this was the spookiest one. Um, And uh, it kind of I think it kind of goes in line with the first one as to like I expected more stories kind of like this. Yes. uh, To be told. And it's uh, basically a gunslinger who really is just a murderer. Right. He's a killer for hire that doesn't. He doesn't see himself that way. Yeah. He doesn't see himself as a killer. He's just he's just a man who's doing a job. He's just a man. who's He's a working man. Working man. He's listening to Rush. He's shooting people in the throat. <laughs> and just, just Make, moving on making, that, making that money yeah exactly uh and so he gets into this gruesome showdown right uh with a mexican and he shoots him in the throat and this mexican doesn't immediately keel over and die right he bleeds from his throat onto him he tackles him he does and then bleeds ble- all over his face profusely bleeds all over his face right uh what the hell movie did was that was that uh there's god damn what movie was that was it Fight Club, where like Brad is it? Oh. Where like Brad Pitt like 
bleeds all over that one guy, right? Like he's like, yeah, stop it. Yes. Because he gets pummeled by the like senator or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He starts just like bleeding on his face. That's so that's kind of what it reminded me of, even though that movie came out eleven years after this movie did. <laughs> eh, continuity. Um He's bleeding all over all over this this gunslinger and uh gets blood all over his face, bleeds all over his clothes, and kinda like has they, they tussle. They tussle. Yeah. This is like this is a it's more personal than you'd find the average duel to be, I think. Right. Well, because they're both vying to be the the head henchman for that rich guy, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so, like, there's a lot of, you know, lot riches, of stake. women, uh, the highest. What did the rich guy say it was? The highest salary that you'll ever that you can get paid in this area or right. something like that. Like you will you'll you'll suffer no loss from here on out if you get this job. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this gunslinger wins. He's but he's traumatized. It seems kind of like by what happens. Yeah, which is weird because he, you get the impression that he's killed. But I also think it might be because he hasn't had like he, when he shot them from a distance. I think I think this whole thing is kind of like a commentary on guns. Okay. Like, period. Right. Uh, right. Because like it's easy to kind of like shoot a target at a distance. It's harder if that target is like hand to hand. Right. right. Like, like when you actually have to get up in somebody's face and kill them. It's a much different story. Like I think. it would be harder to stab someone. Yeah, exactly. Than to shoot them. You have to be a lot more deliberate, right? Or it has to be like a, a crime of passion, which is what most murders are, right? Like, I also assume, though, that if you're looking at the sense of duels, most of them are over like a uh, an issue between the two people. Whereas like this one, it was just two guys that were forced to do this because whoever won got the job. Right. Yes. I also think it's pretty bad form in a shootout. To once you've been shot, then attack your out partner. The Mexican didn't think so. No, hey man, if he got I, that job, he would have had the money to heal himself up. But I yeah. think that that's like poor form. I don't think you're supposed to do that. What are you supposed to do just fall over? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you fuck that shit. You got shot. You lost. <laughs> if I'm not getting that job, you're not getting that job either. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna bleed all over <laughs> that's your why, ass. That's why no one wants to do being a duel with you because you're not an honorable. Or man. if you are getting that job, you're gonna have to buy some new fucking clothes because I'm gonna bleed. <laughs> All over you. Yeah. I don't think that's the yeah. way of the West. Apparently it is in this. I never said I would survive in the West. No one thought that you could. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> I would not have done well. I don't even think you could survive camping for a I weekend. think I, as a single woman, would survive better in the West than you. Probably. She'd get them chin tattoos. Yeah, she'd I be would. fine. I love a chin tattoo. No, she'd try to run a saloon. i fucking be a madam. Dude, she'd be a badass madam. <laughs> I'd treat I my girls it. right. But. And she'd, 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 dude, she'd be, uh, she'd be a lion it'd be it'd be deadwood dude she'd be bestest buddies with swedging <laughs> i don't watch deadwood so i don't know what you guys are talking about oh my god alex oh my god alex. alex why don't you watch good television because i'm busy watching bachelor <laughs> so you're busy watching bad television. like alaskan bush people that just started last week right i know and the bachelor uh, anyways so I'm more off, than just about horror, Palmer. Fresh off his Deadwood isn't horror, Alex. No, I'm talking about The Bachelor. Oh, yeah, but I'm talking about Deadwood. I know, but I'm talking about The Bachelor. Oh, uh, so fresh off of his kill, right? He gets shacked up with a nice little lady. Yeah. Uh, Which he seems to know. I wonder if this is one of James Earl Jones's well-known sin. Palaces. I think that he Probably. knows her. Probably. This is probably how James Earl Jones got the story because he heard this from from one from of the, the ladies Sin at his Sin Palace. Yeah. Uh, so he's shacked up with a lady, 
and uh, in the middle of the night, he wakes up and he thinks, he, well, he has a bad dream. And we get that this stellar piece of animation right yeah, in the, so randomly. So in random. Film, completely out of nowhere. And so he has good. This, he has this dream where it's him loaded in. He's, he is the bullet inside of a casing. It's just his right? head, right? It's just his head. And he's loaded into a revolver and fired off at the Mexican and then as he hits the Mexican, his head blows up in this really, like, really good piece of animation in this film. Yeah. Uh, and he just wakes up and there's blood and he uh, he <laughs> she's like, oh, it's my curse. It's my curse. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so she calls her period. Yeah, she's what she calls her period. And uh, he immediately is kind of like revolted because of the fact that he had this dream and I guess was just bled on by this guy. And she was like, chill out, yeah, dude. <laughs> you, well, you just calm down. We can wait until tomorrow to clean it up. And she's, Gotta get she it cleaned throw, up now. So he, he throws a fucking fit, throws her out of the room and uh, immediately like throws all the sheets and stuff out with her. He's being a real dick. Yeah, and uh, starts yelling at her. So she's screaming in the hallway, and and eventually people kind of silence the situation. He goes, he goes back to sleep in in a cold sweat, and he wakes up the next day, and he goes through his kind of like normal morning routine, and they're waiting on him to shave, and then all of a sudden, while he's shaving with a straight razor, uh, Ghost. he gets he gets these he gets like more and more itchy. I guess like like in turn not itchy in terms of like literally being itchy, but he gets more twitchy. I guess is the better way the way to describe it. He uh, he starts getting more focused on the razor, starts focusing a little bit more on it, and taking his time a little bit more the way that he's shaving his face, and then all of a sudden the ghost of a Mexican that he just slaughtered appears and uh, helps guide the razor closer and closer to his throat. Well, he was fully dressed and on his way out the door. Yeah, and, and then all of a sudden like, he just... Oh, wait, no, I'm, I, I need to I need clean to up shave. my five o'clock shadow. Yeah. And then the guy's like, don't be late because that guy yeah. hates having to like wait for people. And yeah, he's like, so he's, just... he's waiting and knocking on the door. This this random dude who's outside in the hallway like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What's taking so long? Are you coming? Even though it's only been like 30 seconds. What the fuck are you taking so long for? And so he finally, he finally slits his own throat and that's the end of the story. Cool, cool. And uh, so it's a question of whether or not it's like trauma, right? Or if it's if it's actually <laughs> like the ghost of the Mexican. Right. So it's interesting. I think it is a combination of both or it's supposed to be maybe implied a combination of both. Yeah. I um, kind of assumed he had PTSD. Yeah. No. That's kind of what I went for, too. And you thought my, it was a ghost? My money was on ghosts. Just because of all of Morrison's other, the, both of Morrison's other stories were supernatural in nature. I figured yeah. this one was, too. But then he followed up. With Deed's story that was not supernatural, perhaps with another non. It's true. That is true. Because they kind of, you know. He's like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe my first two stories were too outlandish. Mm-hmm. Could be. Maybe. Who knows? I certainly don't. Uh, but that's the end of this this final story. And so then they realize they've been telling stories all night. It's morning. And Brad Dourif's character gets up and he's like, oh, my goodness, it's morning. I got to get going. He's like, no, no, no. Let's just sleep through the day. We'll hit the road at night. It'll be fine. We'll travel by night. It'll be great. You're going to be. He, what's he say? He says you're, you're something along the lines that you're going to be like, like too tired to ride on or something. Or you're an idiot if you ride in the desert in this heat without any sleep. That's what he says. Right. And uh, Brad Durf is like, no, I got there are only a few things that would keep me from hanging out with you right now because they he admits finally that he's like, this has been good company. I've really enjoyed spending this this evening, share these stories with you. So, like, There's only one thing that would rip me away because he he offers the, 
the best whorehouses that he's ever been to. He says, you know, we'll make it, we'll make a trek of it. We'll go, we'll go have some fun. And he says, there's only one thing that'll keep me away from that. It's my wife. That's some dedication right there. Well, in all the men in this movie who've been kind of totally shitty to their wives, he is a nice shining example of a good husband. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got a place to go. I also just imagine by the end of this movie that most of frontier time was just traveling to see your wife. <laughs> You're right. It does seem like a lot of people were traveling to go see their wives. Uh, and then they become best friends forever. They do. And so he says, you know, if you're ever traveling through my neck of the woods, you've got a bed to sleep in, you know, like you, we'll share some more stories. And uh, real quick, we learned that he's a bounty hunter, which is why uh, the, that, that a Morrison's guy. a bounty hunter, um, which is why he has the dead guy on the back of his horse. He reads out the description <laughs> of the dead guy and he's supposed to be missing some fingers. And he's got he's got and everything matches blow for blow until Definitely Brad Dourif says to him you know oh wasn't he supposed to be missing some fingers i didn't say that <laughs> <laughs> i didn't say that he's like oh okay good and then he looks at the he morrison pulls out the description again reads through it again and he immediately cuts the dead guy off the back of his force and, and says, i thought he was gonna cut days. so for a second i thought he was gonna cut his fingers yeah, off. yeah <laughs> that's what i thought it would have made more sense he would have gotten the bounty yeah uh it would look too fresh yeah Maybe, yeah. But instead, he just wanted to go hang out with his friend. Yeah. So they they join the trail, and for all we know, we're kind of led to believe that he probably rode back to Jacksonville. With I him. think that's where he went. And I'm that sure a new friendship criminals. was started. I'm sure there's criminals in Jacksonville. Yeah, absolutely. There, Jacksonville. We know that there's redneck fuckers in Jacksonville. <laughs> we do know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's kind of the end of this movie. I think I think this movie caught me by surprise. Mm what it was i was expecting it to be one thing and it turned out to be something else uh turned out to be like i said a pretty good commentary on just all sorts of things uh life in that era life in the modern era kind of like women in general uh racism racism violence just all sorts of shit it kind of was the antithesis of your typical horror movie you know it reminded me a lot of um um tales in the hood yeah. In terms of just Tales in the like, Frontier. <laughs> yeah, I mean kinda. Uh just kind of like in the sense that it was it was trying to make it was less ham fisted, I yeah. think, than than Tales from the Hood, but it was it was still trying to make a lot of comments about things that you just don't don't normally hear you don't normally hear this kind of commentary in horror films, especially of that era, or in, in anthology films in general. And western and movies. westerns. Well no, westerns make them all the time, but if you're you're watching the wrong westerns, if you're 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 not, I think a lot of westerns are quite misogynistic. I think it's supposed to be that way on purpose, right. To bring up a point. Not every western is not John every. Wayne. Yeah, I know that John Wayne has a statue, <laughs> the most famous of all the cowboys. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Out of uh, not missing fingers, <laughs> what are we writing this? Well, so, we how say- many leftover fingers or how, how many, many missing fingers? Not well. Hold on. Before I was going to say one thing up, before Alice we finish it. The uh, yeah, th- that really famous cinematographer work. I feel like we kind of spend a little bit of time talking shit about how this movie's too dark and mm. you can't really see anything. Um, but this guy, I forget what his name is, Janzus Kaminsky, I think, who later became. Like the most, he's super famous. He works on like all of Steven Spielberg's movies. He did like Saving Private Ryan and Warhorse and stuff like that. 
worked on this movie. Not oh, as I didn't know that. not as the I main not as the main that. cinematographer, but oh, as, shit. yeah, he did Schindler, Schindler's List. Yeah, Ryan. So although the quality of, of this movie is a little bit potato, the uh, you got to start somewhere. Right? You, you do. You got to start somewhere. And so the person who did the cinematography this ends up. Did, I also think did part Nicki of Nicki Minaj's Chun Li music video. Well, there you go. I also think part of the like potato quality of this though is just this was the, the second the, movie. A the budget. Yes, because uh, it was like what five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, think, to it make was, this movie five hundred thousand dollars, and a lot of the scenes were so originally David uh, David was right Wayne sorry Wayne, Wayne Co, Co. Uh, was shooting it. Um, his plan was to shoot like a different anthology story every year. Right. Um, and then they got Brad Dorff and James Earl Jones together and just shot all those scenes at once. Well, because it was during some sort of strike, right? Hollywood strike. Yeah. And then they filmed a lot of it on, um, what's his name's ranch? Not Bob Dole. Um, Bob Hope. Is that what you said? No. Was it Bob Hope? Uh, yeah, it was Bob Hope. Um, but I think part of it also is just like, the the quality of like the gear that they were using considering their budget. Right. Well, and I think a lot of the stuff took like because it took place at nighttime. Yeah. It's hard to get that that and like 90s. that that's there are obviously movies that have been made far prior to this movie that look yes. way better. Yes. But they also had like actual budgets. Well, $500,000 isn't nothing. That's true. Yeah, we've covered movies with far less budget than that. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't go on to make any other movies after that. Nope. Except he made one documentary about. Well, he wasn't. He's still a very. He's still a prominent artist. I looked up his website. I don't think that he's that prominent. I found interviews with this guy like that yeah. relate to his artwork that he's he's hosted like entire fucking like art galleries. Yeah, I don't know. I looked on his website. It looks kind of janksy. I mean, maybe his website <laughs> looks bad, but he's he's apparently because he does doing black- a lot of modern art these days. Right. And he does like blacksmithing. And stuff. Yeah. I think I don't know if that's what you. Call it. I don't know. But that's interesting. I did not know that uh, Janice Kaminsky worked on this at all. That guy's I had, done. I had missed that. Everything that wins Oscars. Yes, like yeah. literally. <laughs> <laughs> like that's fucking silly. You did fucking Little Giants, dude. Like, like the football movie. Yeah. Janice Kaminsky did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. I do too. It's been forever since I've seen that movie. <laughs> it's been forever since I've seen that movie. Uh. Anyways, back to Missing Fingers. What are we writing this out of? I guess missing fingers. How many missing fingers were we giving this? Yeah, sure. How many leftover fingers? No. Leftover fingers? <laughs> sin palaces? Ew, no. <laughs> <How> many, <laughs> I kind of like that more. How many sin palaces are we rating this out of? Is it out of five sin palaces? Yes. <laughs> that's, I thought there's only two. Well, that's, James Earl Jones knew the two best oh, okay, ones. Okay, but we, but we know we, the five. We could potentially know the five best sin palaces. Um, I'm going to give this a th- was one of them Robert's Crafts place in Florida? <laughs> Florida. Was that in Jacksonville? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> what are you giving it? Three. A three. A solid three. Solid what are you giving three. it, Sammy? I'm going to give it a two. A two? Wow. I, Brutal. I, I'm giving it a three five. I really enjoyed this. I thought it was fun. Oh, damn it. 2.833333333333333. You should have picked a better score, Sam. Damn, Sam. He should have picked the worst score. 
Damn. Damn. Sam. Sam. If he gave it a three instead of a three point five, I know what that would have been. What? <laughs> well, it just wasn't meant to be apparently for this film. That's all right, though. We That's adjust. Right. I'll tell you what. We can adjust that score for the bad lighting. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Compadres, it's quitting time on another episode of Terror and Podnito. Next week, we're strapping on our galoshes and we're preparing to trudge deep into the wait. I guess we're not doing Blood River. What are we doing instead? No, we are doing what is it? Near Dark. Is that Near Dark. Doing? Yes. Blood River is not available anywhere. Blood River. We were going to do Blood River and then we tried to find it. We couldn't find it anywhere. We're going to pay for it. <laughs> I was going to pay for it. I actually want to see that movie. We couldn't find it anywhere. So Near Dark is what we're covering next week. So get yourselves ready, folks. It's bound to be a good time. Uh, you can follow us on social media, on Instagram. Delete it. Facebook. Why are you on Facebook? Twitter. They'll ban you. All at Terror and Podnito. Uh, you can follow us individually, too. I'm Palmer at Sturmsworth. Looters. I'm Sam at Sam Hebes. Uh, you want to go back to 2004? And it's time to jump into the time capsule known as email and shoot us one of them there. Messages at cast at terrorandpodnito.com. As always, keep it creepy. We'll see you all next week. Adios, partners.